Do you know those moments, those moments in life that you have that you'll just never forget? You have those moments. Sometimes they're, they're good moments. Sometimes they're, they're bad moments. You carry them with you for whatever reason. They, they shape your, your life and, and who you are. One of those moments for me, a number of years ago now, I was visiting a teenager in the hospital waiting room while her, her dad was undergoing procedures in the, in the midst of a medical emergency. And uh, you can picture hospital waiting room. It was that, you know, sort of institutional room, chairs around the outside, not very comfortable where you walk in and you're like, in this place of stress, could they not just have some more comfortable chairs? And they're all along the outside, so you can't really sit and face somebody, but I kind of pulled up a chair and angled it a little bit, and I sat down next to this young woman, and I didn't know what to say. They weren't sure Dad was going to make it. And so I just said, can I pray for you? And her answer was, I guess, it's like, but prayer doesn't do anything. It's not going to change anything. She wasn't upset with me for asking. She was just a teenager who was expressing her reality in that moment. Her dad had been sick for a time, and and people had prayed for her dad, and people had prayed for her, and her experience was that the prayer hadn't done anything, the prayer hadn't changed anything. In fact, if anything, in this moment, she was feeling worse. I've never forgotten her response. I, I trust now that, that God used me in that moment, showing up, being willing to pray, just, just my very presence. But there's a part of me that occasionally wishes that I could go back and could share with her what I know now about prayer that I didn't know then or maybe, or maybe didn't have words to express back then. Prayer, right, it's such an elemental part of our life, of our faith life. And yet, I find that we carry, I carry so many questions about prayer. Like, what, what really is prayer, and, and how does prayer work, and, and how should I pray? Are there right ways to pray and, and wrong ways to pray? What does prayer do? How do, I, how do I know what God wants me to do in my life through prayer? How do I know if the voice that I hear when I'm praying is God's voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit, as we think today about Pentecost, or whether, or whether it's my own voice, and how do I distinguish between the two? And, and what about those prayers that aren't answered? What, is, what does that mean? Lots of questions. So this month at Clay Church, this month in, in a in a time in our life, in a, in a world where it feels like we, we need this gift of prayer, we're going we're gonna to ask some of these questions, and we're going to dive into the Bible, and we're going to explore what it, what it has to teach us and what it, what it has to say about prayer. As Pentecost kicks us into this month, we're going to think about how is it that prayer connects us with God through the, through the Holy Spirit. And today, we're, we're going to just start with what may seem a simple question. What is prayer? And it kind of seems fitting. Let's pray.
God of grace and wisdom. Today, as we explore your word, we just, we just seek to widen our vision so that we might begin to glimpse what you see, God. And Lord, we, we seek to open our minds to better understand your way and your teaching and your word to us this day. And Lord, we just pray that you might expand our hearts as we gather here today to grasp and share the, the fullness of your love and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let me ask a couple questions as we begin to think about prayer. Have any of you had this experience? Have any of you prayed and prayed and and prayed for something only to have it not happen? Anybody had that experience where you've just you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and, and it, it didn't didn't happen? Or maybe you've prayed for healing for a loved one, but they they didn't seem to get better. Or or maybe you prayed for something to work out in your life, only only it never did. And it, if this is something that has happened to you, let me just ask, have you, have you had that experience where you've prayed for something and, and your, your prayer doesn't feel like it's been answered and you've, you've asked, did I pray right? Or, or you've wondered, maybe I don't have enough faith or you've wondered about God's presence. Anybody had that experience in your life? It can be hard, right? Or how about this? Have you, have you ever told somebody who's going through a difficult time that you'll, that you'll pray for them and uh, you know they were going through a tough time, you, you knew that they needed prayers, only... Only it seems like the tough time wasn't, wasn't ending for them, even though you and, and others were, were praying. And then as you saw them again, you wondered what to say for them or, or how to be in prayer for them. Or, or maybe others said that they would pray for you and, and you appreciated it, but, but the prayers didn't exactly change the circumstances of the challenges you were facing. And so you had these questions about prayer. Prayer is Prayer is powerful, and prayer is vital to our faith, and we're going to find that as we examine prayer this month. But for all of us who have experienced what seemed like unanswered prayers, or, or any of us who have experienced what feel like empty prayers, we know that there is a danger to our faith and our trust in God if we're not clear about what prayer is and what prayer isn't, or about what prayer can and does do and what prayer can't and, and doesn't do. And I have some good news for us this morning. As we first dive into Scripture, we are not alone in our, in our questions and our wonderings about, about prayer. The first followers of Jesus, even as they got to watch Jesus pray, over and over again, they would watch him go to a, a place by himself in Luke's gospel, and, and he would pray. And then finally, 11 chapters into the story in Luke, Luke chapter 11, if you want to follow along in your Bibles today, right? They watch him go off, and when he comes back, they're ready this time, and they're like, Jesus, tell us about prayer. This is how, Luke's, Luke, this is how Luke tells the story. One day beginning in Luke 11, 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. 
Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Just a few short lines. And Jesus unpacks what prayer is for his followers. Just a few short lines, and and Jesus gives a model for what prayer is and what prayer can look like in the lives of those who will will follow him. And we're going to dig into each of these lines just a little bit. The first, not even the first line, but the first word is significant. Jesus doesn't say, Lord. He doesn't say, Yahweh, the, the name for God. He begins the prayer with Father. Right? Prayer is, is developing a relationship with God. Like a, like a child to a, to a parent. God's love is, is unconditional. Like a, like a parent's love for their child. Or at least for God, a perfect parent's love for a child. That love is unconditional in prayer. As Jesus teaches about prayer, he says, Father. He shows us that this is about a relationship. And invites invites us in prayer to step deeper into that relationship with our heavenly Father, with the one who created us. Then Jesus says, hallowed be thy name. Right? Prayer, it widens our, it widens our vision of God's holiness. As we go through the routines of the day, it's, it's really easy to to just begin to take things for granted. Hallowed be thy name reminds us that everything created, every moment, every breath is a sacred gift from God. It allows us to reclaim the holy in our lives. Your kingdom come. Prayer, it it calls us to the way of Jesus, to be a part of bringing God's kingdom, bringing God's will to the, to the world around us, to our families, to our community, ultimately through our churches to the, to the world. Give us this day our daily bread. Prayer assures us of God's presence and provision. This prayer isn't asking God for bread, thinking bread isn't going to arrive. This, this prayer is, is knowing that God is the ultimate provider, that God will meet our needs, that God's presence is promised in each and every moment of our lives, regardless of what we face. The prayer then says, forgive our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Right? Prayer now brings the community together in God's grace. Anchors us in, in forgiveness so that we can offer that forgiveness to one another. Invites us to holy living to avoid temptations. It, prayer invites us into this community that God desires for us. A community anchored in grace, in God's love. 
I was thinking about images to help us grasp prayer and those of you who are not superhero fans are going to have to forgive me for a moment, but uh, uh, any Dr. Strange fans out there? Dr. Strange? Okay, they're, they're a handful. Uh, you all will, will, I think, really like this reference. The rest of you, I need you to hang with me for a moment because I think once I draw the image, uh, I think once I draw the image, you'll probably like it. So, Dr. Strange, in the Dr. Strange movies, Dr. Strange is a doctor who's been in an accident, and he um, loses the use of his of his hands for surgery. Um, it's, it's his entire life. It's all that he knows. And, uh, and in the movies, he goes seeking healing in a, in a way to sort of reclaim his identity and who he is. And he meets this teacher. And, uh, and this teacher teaches him a, a trick, essentially, where when she hits him in the chest, um, it knocks his spiritual body out of his physical body and allows him to see a spiritual plane that he can't see when he is in his physical body, right? Dr. Strange, in the, in the first movie, he's, he's lost. He can't see a way forward. He thinks that it's, it's all over. He's trying to do it by himself. He can't see that, that, that there's anything bigger than his problem in the world. But when he's allowed to step out and look at the spiritual connections all around him, then his healing can begin. Then he could begin to see that there might be another calling, another, another way in his life. I love this image, and it kind of a, a cool image as we think about prayer. Like prayer in any given moment kind of pulls us out of the sort of raw physical responses we are having in any moment and allows us to see in God's spiritual realm. It allows us to, to step back. For me, when I'm in a place, I'm in a, in, a, in a struggle, I'm in an argument, like in the moment, my, my physical body wants to win the argument. It, it's, it's gathering in all of that tension. It's, it's in the midst of my human responses. But if I'll pause and pray, it allows me to step back, right? It allows us to step out of all that tension for a moment and see with a new perspective, with God's perspective in this moment. Let me, just, uh, let me just give an example. Let's say you're in an argument or a really tense conversation with somebody, right? And in, in the moment, you want to, you know, you feel like you want to press your argument through or you feel, you feel the anger brewing inside of you. You can feel your, you know, even your face sometimes gets flushed with the blood runs to it. And, and you just, right, you feel that tension. But what if you stepped back and, and prayed, Maybe you've had this experience where, where you've just taken a moment with God to get out of the moment and you've had your perspective widened. Like perhaps as you say that prayer, you can just begin to see the person across from you as a child of God and realize that right, they're angry in this moment too or they're struggling in this moment too and, and there are a lot of connections in their life that have brought them this moment Connections you understand, connections you don't understand, things that are not in your control, things that may not even be in their control as you're having this conversation with them. And as you pray, you can be, begin to realize that that's true for your life as well. There are a lot of things in this moment, building to this moment, things you were in control of, things you weren't in control of, decisions you've made. 
As you step back, you might begin to see that there are other possibilities that you missed when you were just engaged in the, in the back and forth. You might see that God's Word has, a, has something to say to you in this moment. You might be able to begin to see that God is offering possibilities of, of goodness and grace, things that you hadn't considered before. This is the power of prayer. Prayer deepens our relationship with God so that we can see spiritual connections in our world. We can begin to see what God is, what God is doing in our midst, things we couldn't see before, things we couldn't know before. Now, you also might notice that in these definitions of prayer, we also begin to see what prayer is, is not. Right? Prayer does not just get us what we want. As I was uh, in youth ministry, uh, youth would sometimes challenge as we talked about prayer. They'd be like, well, the Bible says, ask and it shall be given to you. And I'd be like, you're right. It does. In fact, it says it more than once. And then they'll be like, really? It does? Which is step one to letting them know that you too have read the Bible. (laughs) And then, right, I tell them, this sounds great out of context. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Sounds great out of context. It sounds like I can ask for that Porsche red convertible with a black top that I wanted, and God will give me a Facebook ad with a price point I can afford the next day, right? Isn't that what it sounds like? Or maybe for you, it sounds like if I, if I ask for an answer to my pain issue, then the next day the doctor will call and tell me what's causing it and that they can fix it. would be great, wouldn't it? But as much as we might hope, that's, that's not how prayer works. Whenever the Bible says something along the lines of ask and you shall receive, it does so each time in the context of talking about God's will. Not in the context of anything you want, but in the context of asking for things in God's will or toward God's will. Ask for something as you seek and live into God's will, and God will provide. 1 John 5, 14 to 15 is another place where this occurs. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask... Again, according to his will, we know that what we, we know that we have what we have asked of him, right? Which means that we also find that this doesn't mean that the circumstances will change, right? Prayer does not change the immediate circumstances. If you didn't get the work done for a big meeting, right? This is the adult version of the child prayer. Uh, If you didn't get your work done for a big meeting, praying before you go to the meeting does not change the circumstances that you're going to face that day. It just doesn't happen, right? Now, we believe in the power of God and in the power of, 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 you know, some of us have experienced God's miracles, This doesn't mean that God can't change the circumstances in our world, but while prayer makes known our desires, our hopes, and our needs to God, we should recognize that prayer does not bend God's will to our will. Let me say that one more time. 
I think it's important. Prayer does not bend God's will to our will. In fact, it's the opposite. Prayer opens our lives to God's will. Prayer molds our lives into God's will for us. Prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes us. Right? This means that prayer is, is much less about getting things from God, as the world sometimes understands prayer. It's much less about getting things from God and much more about deepening our relationship with God. Or another way to think about this, prayer is less about our wish list and much more about our to-do list that we're going to accomplish with God. Let me say that one one more time too. Prayer is less about our wish list and more about the to-do list that we're going to get to accomplish with God. A way to think about this, is there anything you would not do for your best friend Think for a moment about your very best friend, your very best friend. Is there anything that you wouldn't do for them? Okay, I hope there are limits, right? I mean, I hope there's some moral limits to what you do for your best friend. But, but short of those moral limits, right, we would do most anything for our best friend because we love them and we want the best for them. And if they had an idea and, and they wanted our help to make it happen, if they were going out there to make a difference in the world and they said, we want you to come and, and help us do this because we have this great idea, right, we would, we would jump in and, and be on board with them. Well, imagine now that, that God is the divine best friend who wants the best for all of us. If we want to deepen our relationship with God, prayer shows us what God is doing to bring more hope and joy and love into the world and, and how we can help make that happen. When we, uh, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right, this most foundational of prayers, we pray in, in church right here every, every Sunday and worship every Sunday. Right, it calls for God's kingdom even, even as it recognizes that the way for that kingdom to come is thy will be done, is for us to go and do God's will in the world. As we deepen our relationship with God through prayer, right, we see what God wants for us. We see what God's will is for us, and then prayer calls us to live in to that truth. Leonard Sweet is a uh, prolific Christian writer and, and teacher. He wrote a, a book in about 2000 that talks about living a holy life in the midst of a, of a changing culture. And uh, Sweet always has these creative titles of, of his books, if you've ever read them. Um, and I love this one. It's Learn to Dance the Soul Salsa. Learn to Dance the Soul Salsa. And in the book, he says that he changed his prayer life with the simple step of deleting a comma. Instead of prayers asking God to do stuff in his life, prayers that he represented with please, comma, God, he simply shifted his prayers to please God, no comma. We're going to have Andy put this up on the screen, right? Please, comma, God versus please God. Instead of prayers that asked God to do his will, pl please God, do what I want you to do. 
He changed his prayers to, please, God, how can I fulfill your purposes to please you? What would happen if you shifted your prayer life from please, comma, God, to please God? Let me offer an invitation for this week. Let's try this. Let's do it together as a, as a congregation, as a community. Let's, let's enter into our prayer lives this week with an intent on pleasing God, on living into God's will. Each day, I'm going to invite you to schedule five to ten minutes in the morning and, and five to ten minutes in the evening, wherever it works best for you. In the morning, take those five or ten minutes and just offer a please God prayer. No comma. Pray through your day, what you're going to be doing today, and just ask God to show you where you can live into God's will, how you can share God's love, what, what God might have you do in and through the course of this day. And then at the end of the day, I want to invite you to go ahead, because God does invite us to, to, to share what's going on in our lives. At the end of the day, offer God a please, comma, God prayer. At the end of the day, share your day with God, what, what happened. And then share the challenges and the hurts and the struggles and give them to God, knowing that God will hold on to those so that you can go and rest, that your struggles and challenges are, are bigger than you. And then the next day, wake up again and offer a please God prayer for the next day. And I hope if you notice a, a change in your, in your prayer life, if you have an experience of, of this week, I hope you'll share it with me so that, so that we can share how we might be growing in prayer as a, as a community and as a congregation. If I could go back to that young woman that was struggling, if I could go back to that moment... I would tell her that I'm sorry. I'm sorry that, that somehow her understanding of the, of, the ch of the church and of prayer had become that, that if her dad wasn't getting better, her prayers weren't being answered or that God wasn't present with her. I'd tell her that uh, I, I'm sorry that, that, uh, that the idea that someone isn't healed doesn't mean that her faith is, is weak or that God isn't there for her. And then I'd tell her this, I'd tell her that, that prayer may not change the circumstance, right? But prayer can help us to know that God is with us even in the circumstance, in the crying, in the, in the struggle, in the tears. I'd tell her that our prayers may or may not lead to healing for her dad in the, in the way that we think about healing, meaning getting, getting better physically, but that our prayers are, are going to draw us together and hold us together so that we can be there for him and we can be there for each other no matter what the circumstances of life hold. I tell her that prayer can remind us that God's love is eternal, that it's bigger than this moment, it's even bigger than this life, and that, that prayer reminds us that we can rest as hard as it is in those difficult moments, we can rest in that promise. I tell her that those that are really praying, those that are that are deepening their relationship with God, they're going to show up for her 
is I'm here today, and they're going to give her hugs, and this is what God's community does. This is what prayer does. It brings us together to hold on to one another when things are difficult and things are tough because we know that we need God, and we experience God through each other as the church. I'd tell her to keep praying for the strength to face another day. I would tell her to keep praying for the love of family that will hold them together in this time. And I'd tell her that if she has lots of questions about prayer and about God, that's okay because I do too. And then I would tell her, don't give up on prayer. And don't give up on God. And that we're going to be in this by praying together. Amen.